God is amazing. I don't I guess the microphone is working, I'm not sure, but I this would be my first official sermon in the United States. I've preached all over the world. And the amazing thing is, is every time I go to another nation, my heart burns more for my people, for the United States, for everybody who's here of all these different backgrounds but come under one nationality, the United States of America. And I do all preaching led by the Spirit, so I don't do a lot of planning. And last night when I was thinking about taking notes, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you haven't done it up till now, why would you start now? And so, uh, this song that, he, that was played, and I haven't had any communication with the people that directed this, but this song, um, Be Enthroned, became an anthem in my life before India, back in August, September, and it ruined lives for Jesus Christ in India. And then it came here and it touched lives here in Noonan. And then it went to Arkansas and it touched lives in Arkansas. And so I'm just in awe that 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 would be the song before my first sermon in the United States. And I've not heard that song played here in this church. I've only ever heard it played once in a church in America. And uh, so it's it's blowing my mind a little bit. But I want to start off with the Lord's Prayer. And first I want to pray for y'all, but I, I may include some of that in this, but I pray for every congregation and myself before I address you, because there's this moment inside of me where I realize I'm talking to the people of God, and I'm kind of in awe of that. So, Holy Spirit, I just thank you. I thank you that you are so evident here, and I thank you that you are in every spirit that you are moving, that you are teaching every single one of us here today. And I just pray that you would speak through me and that it would not be my thoughts but yours. And it would not be my way but yours, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And at that point, Jesus could have talked about anything in the Lord's Prayer. But then in 14, he says, For if you forgive men for their sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men for their sins, neither will your Father forgive your sins. Out of everything in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus spoke on forgiveness in that next verse. The thing is, is when you so radically experience the forgiveness of God, it changes you. When you understand how much you've been forgiven for, it changes you. In Matthew 18, there's this long parable called the parable of the unforgiving servant. And it starts off, and I'll paraphrase, there's a there's a a ruler, a king, who who says uh, who calls in his debts. 
And this man comes and there's an unpayable debt that he owes. He could not work off in his lifetime. And he says, go to prison. Go to prison for what you've for the, for the fact that you can't pay me. And when the servant drops to his knees and begs for mercy, he forgives. He wipes the slate clean, forgives him of his debt. And then the unforgiving servant goes while just being forgiven of an unpayable debt and, and wrings his neighbor's neck who owes him a hundred denarii, who owes him a small debt in comparison. He holds him accountable for every bit of it and puts him in prison. And then when the ruler hears about this, he says, I go back. I'm, I'm changing that. I'm not forgiving you. You owe me. You, you can stay in prison because you haven't been able to forgive. I forgave you of something you could never pay and you haven't been able to forgive for something so small. Now I'm not here to talk today about bondage, about saying that you're going to prison or anything of that nature, but here to say exactly the opposite, that Jesus came to set the captives free, that Jesus paid an unpayable debt so that we could be free. And so when we look into our lives and we look at everything that somebody owes us, and and let me clarify that forgiveness is not justification. When you forgive somebody, it does not justify their wrongdoing. When I am forgiven for my sins, it is not justifying my sin, but it's saying His love for me is greater than my sin. When I mess up, and I do on a regular basis, and the radical grace of God comes into my life and says, Landon, keep walking. Keep preaching. Keep teaching. It wrecks me. I sob for hours because I don't understand, because this mind cannot understand how a God can forgive so freely. It just doesn't. It doesn't understand when I I know, I know how to walk with Him. Because He he gives me 2,000 pages of how to walk with Him right here. I know what to do to live a righteous life. And yet I still mess it up. I still find my place in weakness. But the thing that's changed radically from three years ago when I began this walk and now is I've given in to His mercy. Who am I to say that my sin, who am I to say that my sin is greater than God's forgiveness? Who am I to say that I should hold myself to a higher standard than God does? Because God gave me a commission. He said the, the work of the Father is to believe in the one He sent. So all I do is I fix my eyes on Him. And then when I fall, 
I stand back up and I fix my eyes on Him again. And His grace is always more. His forgiveness is always more than my mess up. That's what faith in Jesus Christ is. Faith in Jesus Christ is saying that what He did on the cross is more than every area I mess up. End of story. And when we put our faith in that, there's a change that's made. But it only happens at the pace of us forgiving others. We will only ever be able to experience God's forgiveness in our life continually as we forgive others. If you are too busy thinking about what your sister-in-law did, your father did, your brother did, your friend did, the person who owes you a hundred bucks, if you are too busy thinking about that, you will never experience the grace of God in its full capacity. I mean, we call ourselves Christians. I mean, Christ, yin, you know, Christian, Christ-like. I mean, and, and this is what, I mean, I, I'm reading through the Gospels again this last two weeks, and like the thing, I mean, it's, it's no wonder to me that the, that the Lord would set it up that I would talk about forgiveness, because it's the thing that is just stuck out in every area of the Gospel to me this time through. When, with the woman at the well, and Jesus says, you've spoken truthfully, you have five husbands, you have five lovers, you know, and rather than, than saying, start going on, on some long tangent, some long sermon on why you shouldn't sin, why you, shouldn't, you should walk righteously, he speaks to her about who he is. Because he knows that his nature will turn a woman who is lost in her sinful ways into a messenger for Christ. And then this woman goes forth from the well proclaiming to the city that this is the Messiah. And then they come, everybody comes from the city, and they, they say, we, we, don't, we, didn't, we don't believe he's the Messiah because you said it, but because of what he did. Because the, the grace of Jesus Christ, the loving nature of Jesus Christ, turns even the worst man, Paul, a murderer, into an exemplary perfection in Christ. I, I, I'm at loss for words that Jesus came to set the captives free. That he came so that you didn't have to hold on to the debts. So that everything that ever has been done to you, and everything that ever will be done to you, and everything you do to hurt other people was covered. So that you could walk freely in pursuit of Jesus Christ. I just, I, I want to know a God like that. I want to know His thoughts about me. I want to know how to hang on a cross 
and say, forgive them for they do not know what they do, Father. I want to have such a burning love for the creation of God that upon death, this is what astounds me with the crucifixion, is upon releasing His Spirit, it says that the dead were raised. That people came out of the graves. That Jesus' love was so deep, so forgiving, so much more than every fault we had, that even upon death, He defeated death. And they went into the town and testified. That's, that's the story. That's the, you are forgiven, so forgive. And as you forgive, there is everything that you are owed is paid back in the love of God, the favor of God, the blessing of God. Everything you're owed. I have spent three, three years of my life trying to get to this point where I am okay with forgiving. And I don't know that I'm totally there yet. But I'm so much closer than what I was. There was a time when somebody criticized, if somebody criticized me or how I did ministry or how my character or whatever, I always had a justification and now I'm just like, Christ is my justification. He's the way I am. From the foundation of the earth. His love is so abundant. His forgiveness for your life is so abundant. And I just, I was given one word for today, forgiveness, and I didn't know if I'd go three hours or ten minutes, but I mean, forgiveness, I mean, I, I get excited just saying it because it's so crazy. Do you know what it means for you today? Do you, do you know? Because I don't think that a single one of you could not, would not be up jumping up and down if you really knew what it meant. That it meant that I can seek after a God, recklessly abandon everything in my life, and then when I fall, when I stumble, and things look like they're all out of whack and I'm not even a Christian, His love and forgiveness comes in. Picks me up and I keep walking forward. That no matter what you pursue in your life, as long as you're pursuing it for the Lord, that no matter how big you fail... His forgiveness is bigger. And that when, 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 as you walk recklessly towards the Lord, you become this light. And people, and people are drawn to the light. And then when people look at you, they don't understand. They, 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 well, how, how can you forgive them after what they did to you? How can you forgive that they killed your family member? How can they, you forgive... That they, uh, that they hurt you in that way. Because there was something that I could never pay. There was nothing I could do to redeem myself. And God Himself came down in flesh and paid that price. That's why I can forgive In India, where I do mission work, there was uh, a, a father and his two children martyred. And they were from Australia. 
It's in the state of Orissa, which is, I, I, I work just, I've been about 15 kilometers from where they were martyred. And there was this uproar among the Hindu priests. They said, and, and they, they chased them and pursued them into a car. And then they were burned alive in the car. Now that's, that's graphic. But that's not the end of the story. Because it was such a big deal that the Australian government got involved and then the Hindu government when in the video there's police standing around got involved and everybody that was in the video that took part in this were brought before a judge and they, the judge allowed the Australian woman, the wife who just lost her children and her husband to speak as to what they should be punished with. And she got up and she said and I'm paraphrasing. I don't want you to think I'm misquoting. But she said, I just want them to know Jesus loves them. I don't think they should be punished. I just want them to know that Jesus loves them. And out of all those people that were not convicted of murder nor condemned to death, one of them became a pastor. She had an understanding, whether it was, had been there or just came in that moment, that His grace was sufficient for me. That His love was sufficient for me. And her having the ability, the courage to turn around and present the same grace that Christ gave to every person, every creation on this earth to give it to another group of men, birthed the movement of God in an unreachable state in India. And this was three years ago, right before I got there. And I didn't know this part of the story because it hadn't happened yet my first trip to India. That's forgiveness. And that makes us look at what we're holding other people responsible for. I mean, like, I can forgive that. Actually, I, I love that this is on Community Sunday. I'm just telling you, this is just how God works in my life because He loves me. But this is also on Communion Sunday, and we're taking part of that forgiveness today. We're taking part in the sacrifice He made, and we remember so that no matter what comes against you in your life, you know that the price was already paid for them. That the price was already paid for what they would do to you. Just like it was already paid for what you did to them. I have watched my family be torn apart because of two women in my family not being able to forgive each other. But God forgives them for their unforgiveness. And God is working every day for my good to see my family come to serve the Lord in this manner. 
Not this manner, but this manner. And being able to walk boldly in forgiveness. Because their inability to forgive one another didn't stop there. It put me and my family at odds. And then as I walked into this, it put another portion of my family at odds against me. And then it put my grandparents at odds with their grandparents. And so two people's inability to forgive has, has, if not for the grace of God, ruined my family. But God is so good that He is working continually to set the captives free in my family. But somebody has to break. It has to get to the point where somebody says, I'm willing to forgive them, God. And then the other one will. And that's the ability. That's that's why Jesus, you know, He he doesn't make a lot of promises of what your life's going to be like following Him. But He does promise it's going to be trouble. (laughs) He does promise it's going to be hard. He promises that. But you have communion. You have the Word of God that says that everything they do against you is nothing. Because what He did was everything. To set the captives free, what type of God comes down and says that that's His initiative? To give you life abundantly. What type of God comes down and says, I'm here for you? What type of of son of God says, I've come, I am, and I'm going to lose nothing? There is nothing that is his that he's going to lose. That's a God that you can gaze upon. That's a God that you can get caught up in His beauty. That's a God you can fix your eyes on, and I guarantee you, He won't fail you. You will encounter things that you don't want to forgive in this lifetime. But when you do, when it comes to that point, whether it's this year, today, or 20 years from now, it will be freedom. You cannot have personal life and freedom if you don't forgive. So as today, after we hear a testimony, when we take part in this, when you think about that body that was broken for you, don't, don't let it be like every other Sunday you've taken communion. It is new for me every time I take it. But remember, that body that was broken so that He would be with you when you were broken. That blood that was shed so that you would be washed white, robed in righteousness, as sons and daughters of authority of God. I'm going to invite... David to come up and share a testimony. I don't know how this whole microphone thing's worked. Does that one work? Okay. Um, I 
I didn't know um, what, of course, I didn't know what Landon was going to say because he confessed that to y'all. Uh, un unlike Landon, uh, I am a planner. Uh, it doesn't always come across that way, but, but I like to plan. I'm in logistics. Uh, that's my job is to plan. However, um, I did not know what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share today, uh, but I do now. And so I confess that to you today, and I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you, Landon, for your word. Thank you for coming to this community uh, and radically pursuing God. Amen. Um, what Brooke said in her prayer uh, moments ago about baggage, you said checked baggage. <clears throat> baggage is unforgiveness. It's what we carry. It's what gets heavy. For those that have, have traveled in the last couple of years, you've seen that, that airlines are now charging for checked bags. Right? So if you, if you don't want to carry on, you check your bag where they charge fees. That doesn't make the airlines bad guys. It's just a good way to generate revenue because we carry a lot of baggage. So what's happened now is people are taking their luggage on board the aircraft and it's the overhead bins are stuffed and there's not room and everybody's, you know, getting nasty trying to get their bin and underneath the seat in front of you. And a few months ago, we put, we took Landon to the airport to, uh, for one of his trips, and he carried nothing except his Bible, his phone, and a charger, and his passport. He was leaving for two weeks with zero baggage. What an opportunity for forgiveness. When we leave our bags behind because of what Christ did on the cross. A couple of years ago, and we'll, we'll get to communion, but I want to I share this with you about communion. A few years ago, um, we were having communion here. And I came forward and received the sacraments. And as I, as I dipped my bread in the juice, a, a great big drop dripped off the bread as I was partaking. And I caught it in my hand trying to avoid a mess. And it was big. It was a quarter-sized drop in the palm of my hand. And so I just stuck my thumb in my hand and closed it, and I came to the altar because I wanted to unload some baggage. Right here. It was an incredible day. And I just closed my hand 
and the Connect Band was singing Jesus Paid It All, Christian Stanfield. And part of those lyrics are Crimson Stain was washed white. That was what was playing while I was right here. So I get up and go back to my seat, still holding my hand, and I open. It was washed white. Praise God. <laughs> 